what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Backseat Directors Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Hutchins, and you are listening to episode 112. On today's episode, I am joined by my regular co-host, Ryan Nevin, and also two of our friends who have appeared on the podcast before, Mikey Hidalgo and The Formal Review. We are here to debate and discuss The Dark Knight Rises. Yes, uh, go check out our previous episodes of uh, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Uh, Ryan and I, we've been going through Christopher Nolan's Batman epic, but we invited our two friends on today because uh, we've got a great debate about the quality of this film. Um, It is definitely the more controversial of the three movies um, in Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. But everyone, thank you so much uh, for just being with us today, for downloading today's episode. We do this show for you, so we appreciate the support that you guys give Backseat Directors. If you want to show a little bit more love, just go on and rate and review the podcast on iTunes. I would uh, greatly appreciate uh, just all the help that we could get by, yeah, just just give us a five-star review. It's going to help just increase exposure for Backseat Directors and going to just be able to continue to do what we love here. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, and, uh, if you want to find more content from our writers and other uh, written stuff that we're doing at Backseat Directors, just go find us at BackseatDirectors.com. Um, but anyways, let's go ahead and get on with the show, and I'm going to invite my friends onto the podcast. All right, listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Backseat Directors Podcast. I've got my good buddies here ready for another movie debate, one that we've actually been uh, uh, kind of planning and preparing for for quite a while now. Um, but Ryan, welcome back to the podcast as usual. Hey man, Mikey, for me. Mikey, great to see you, buddy. Always great to be here. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, nice, nice and early down in sunny California. Sunny, hot California. And the formal <laughs> review joining us from his new basement. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> What's going on, guys? All right, so we are here. We are here to debate the Dark Knight Rises. The yes. e- even though it is critically critically well reviewed and accepted, I've gone through. I was even surprised because I I, I kind of forgot uh, what the Rotten Tomato score was, and so I went back and uh, saw it last night. And and it did you guys realize that it has a better Rotten Tomato review than Batman Begins? Did you guys realize? Yeah, that? I, I've always Sadly, I've always known yes. that it was quite highly highly regarded. Sadly, yes. Don't well, agree with it, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna agree with formal. Just I was, I was actually kind of surprised. I was surprised that it, it was coming in at 87 percent. I think on Rotten Tomatoes and the uh, Batman Begins has an 84, an 84. I can't believe it, man. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. <laughs> All right, so l- let's just go ahead and get into this movie. This is this is the follow up and the finale of the Dark Knight trilogy following four years after the Dark Knight came out. So Dark Knight came out in 2008, uh, Dark Knight Rises in 2012. You think about a four-year gap in between superhero movies or any of these kind of big blockbuster movies, that's a massive gap. Like That's pretty big. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people are kind of complaining between the Star Wars movies. You get two years, you know, or, or even, you know, when Avengers Infinity War came out, everyone's like, what? We got to wait another year? Um, but yeah, four years, man. Four years between these two movies. Um, so four years in our world, but eight years in the Nolan Universe world between the events of The Dark Knight and then The Dark Knight Rises. I'm just going to go ahead and and, and kind of get into this discussion because I was, uh, I don't think I realized, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, guys, I've, this is maybe only the fourth time I've seen this movie. So out of 
all of the other Nolan Batman movies. This is the one I've seen the least. Um, so I, I watched it last night. Um, so I picked up on a lot of things. It's very fresh on my mind. But um, I don't think I realized that there was that eight-year gap. I mean, even though even though Alfred says it outright, there's eight years that goes by from the events of The Dark Knight till now. Right? So that's a mm-hmm. long time. Long time. Now, Mikey and the formal review, I know you guys have some criticisms regarding this movie. Now, I know one of them lightly. The, one of them is why why did Batman stop being Batman during these 8 years? Isn't that right, Mikey? Isn't that one mm-hmm. of yours? That is probably my main problem with this movie. Okay, well, let's hear it. Why don't you get into that and then maybe we'll have a rebuttal for you. All right. Well, Let's take a step back, gentlemen. We'll go back in time to the glory days of 2008. And we're all (laughs) sitting there watching the amazing Ryan's favorite movie, The Dark Knight. And right before those credits roll, we hear Jim Credit, or Jim Credit, Jim Gordon's beautiful speech about he's not the hero that Gotham, or he's the hero Gotham deserves, not the one it needs right now. So we'll hunt him. Because he can take it, because he's not a hero. Silent Guardian, a watchful, watchful protector, a dark knight. Boom, credits. Everybody was crying in the theaters. Amazing. The That speech, to me, set up a movie that would be a Batman that's fighting not only crime, but having to fight against a city and police that hate him for doing what he knows, he for being Batman, for that kind of, like... The real kind of vigilante, because during the Dark Knight, you know, people have accepted him. You know, we've been happy to let Batman clean up our streets, but now the cops are after him. But he's also still trying to save the city, and just the like the crazy, amazing story that could come out of that premise to sit my butt in a theater. And when I saw The Dark Knight Rises, I saw it in a uh, a three p, and this was back when movies came out at midnight. So I think we started at like four or five p.m. Watch Batman Begins, and then The Dark Knight, and then The Dark Knight Rises premiered at midnight. And, you know, the opening scene, there's no Batman. It's been eight years, and he's grown just the grossest, scraggliest, mopey beard. And (laughs) he's given up on the city. He's not even Bruce Wayne anymore. He's given up on his company. This is the protector of Gotham City. And he's given up, like, all crime. I know they, they try to throw the wrench in there to say, oh, well, all those villains went away with the Harvey Dent Act. Like, there's really no more crime. There's no one else that Batman can help. No one's... No child's parents are in danger anymore in Gotham. It's just a perfect city, and Batman's no longer needed. Hogwash. I hate it. It's stupid. It's out of character. It makes no sense for Batman. Okay. Rebuttal, I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> now, formal, before before uh, Ryan and I get into this, um, do you want to add anything to that criticism? This being Mikey's main criticism of The Dark Knight Rises. I guess the portrayal of Batman as not being Batman. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that, well, and this is kind of a problem with honestly all of the, um, not entirely, but a lot of the live action versions of Batman, is that it's not Batman, like, fr- like from like the comic like point of view, and it's not the character that like is Batman. It's movies that essentially have Batman in them. Okay. Okay. Well, let's well, let's let's stick let's stick with Mikey's version of <laughs> yeah. the criticism. Mikey's is about consistency. Yours... Mikey's about consistency of film, not not his consistency off screen. I think. 
Yeah, so not not necessarily the attributes of what makes Batman okay. Batman, but literally the act of of just putting on the suit and fighting crime as a vigilante. Because I mean, because when you when you meet or when you see Bruce Wayne in the beginning, you know, I mean, he's hobbled, he looks old, he does not look in good shape. It's been eight years, and Alfred even says it's been eight years since you. Um, yeah, what is it? It's like you. It's been no, eight years since you put on the the cape and cowl. I mean, so he well, hasn't even put on the suit in this yeah, time. Yeah, um, what's so. his name? Um, John Blake is like this night eight years ago, the last confirmed sighting of the Batman. So he's right. been gone for eight years. Yes, Stupid. yes. So I, I, I mean, because I, when I, uh, Mikey, when when you had told, I guess, kind of listed out some of these criticism before you know before uh, the recording, um, and before I watched it again, I was like. Well, I'm sure that he's been fighting crime. I'm sure he's like maybe just not in the spotlight as much. Maybe he's been avoiding the police a lot more. But no, I mean it's which is what I had hoped for. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it really isn't the case. He just he has not put on the suit in eight years. So so that that's that being the criticism for him. Well, is there anything that you wanted to add? Uh, I guess it's just like if he had. Um, I it just seems kind of weak as a point that the reason why he gets back into it and what he has the technology to do it the only thing that essentially pushes him back is the whole his uh, necklace getting taken like that was like the push that he needed to go into the doctor's office for i don't remember like what was it like skydiving reason or whatever but then he like gets like the like what do you call it? the the brace that somehow makes a magic knee brace again <laughs> yeah and if he had that technology the entire time, why didn't he do it? It just seems like a really weak uh, point to just, that's what he needed to get pushed back into it, not, I guess, anything else that could happen in Gotham. It was just that one specific thing that gives you a reason to become Batman again. Well, didn't he do, Didn't he go see the doctor for the main purpose of going to visit Gordon? Because he wanted to go see yeah. Gordon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. One more thing, though, about what him not wanting to be Batman, okay? okay? He, Alfred is telling him, you need to find a life beyond this. Yes. And he says, Alfred, Rachel was my life beyond this, but now she's gone. But he, he still quit. He still gave up. He was still gone for eight years. He should have been Batmaning even harder those That's eight true. years because Rachel was gone. Because now I don't have a life. I don't have anything besides this. All I have is Batman. Okay, for or, or, or Ryan, let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's have at it, man. Let's have at it. So I agree, like in the aspects of what um, some of the evidence that Mikey put out. So I don't want to sound someone that's completely uh, blinded by my love for these films. Like Mikey, I think that speech does hint towards how Batman will, will continue on in the next film. So I, I, I get that and I appreciate that. It's disappointing if you see it like that. But from my, from my point of view, I see the, the films as, as from a beginning to the end. And you look at Batman Begins and why he becomes Batman is the question. So forget about everything that you know about Batman. This is this right. is another comic book Batman. This is another story of Batman. We have different versions of Batman. We have all different types of Batmans. And this is a version of Batman. I believe he holds those premises that we all know of Batman and stuff. But he became Batman to, because the cops weren't able to deal with the corrupt underbelly of Gotham. They were, they were being corrupted by the underbelly like Falcone and stuff like that, um, and Maroney, they were, they were corrupting the city. It was destroying it. They were a cancer in that city. 
and he became Batman because he, like he says, he he could be incorruptible because he becomes Batman so that he knows that he can be that thing to stop it no matter what needs to happen. And therefore, right. he does. And what he does by doing that is by sacrificing the symbol, the symbol that he created. It wasn't about being good. It wasn't being about bad. It wasn't even about being a hero. Like, there's even, like, a track in the, the Hans Zimmer score of The Dark Knight that's called I'm Not a Hero. Like, it's... Yeah. Like, he's not a hero. That was never his point. So what you're wanting him to be is then to continue to go on to be a hero. He's... The Batman in Nolan's thing is not a hero. He never was a hero. He doesn't save people day to day and stuff like that he was bringing down the underbelly and everything that was created from that so capturing the people that escaped from arkham in batman begins putting it all back together and he, he and he did and but it was under false pretense that that all happened and that's why he, it got back and it got leaked and bane leaked it because it was all under false pretense it wasn't the right way about doing it and therefore for me that's how i see it so i get that real Batman that we know from the comics and the cartoons is he's a hero. He does day to day stuff, but Christopher Nolan's Batman wasn't, he was not a hero. He's not a superhero. And that's what I love about it so much. And that's why that final scene in the dark Knight tells you that it's why one of my favorite scenes of all time, because it's a different take on a comic book character. He is not a hero. He's not your day to day hero. And he did what he set out to do, which was to become incorruptible and a symbol to be able to do what needs to be done to get the underbelly of Gotham gone and he did it but he did it the wrong way he did it the wrong way and that's what the Dark Knight Rises is about is him actually doing it the right way by inspiring not lying not essentially being what he was trying to stop he he right. he started lying and stuff like that and and it was built under a false foundation where the Dark Knight Rises for me end up becoming a a real authentic foundation and that's why I like that film because it writes his wrongs so that's 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 my take on why he wasn't this hero carrying on being Batman in the dark and all that stuff, and we didn't get to see him be what you guys want to see, which would have been really cool. It's just it, it doesn't it's not Nolan's Batman. That's why, and that's that's for me. That's my my point of view. So I'd be no, like, I I, 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 well, let me just say this, Mike, and I'll let you have the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. final word on your own criticism. But I, I would be lying too if I'd say that I wasn't a little disappointed when I really did fully understand the that Batman has not he has not put on the cape and cow for eight years it it was it was kind of jarring to hear that you know it's it, and just like you said Mikey just because of how the end of the Dark Knight ended in the speech from you know from Gordon I mean your assumption is that he will continue but um I guess within the context though of what what we knew from the what was set up in the Dark Knight Bruce was already working toward hanging up the cape and cowl and he was going to do it for Rachel. So we already know within that storyline, he was ready and willing to do it in that movie eight years ago. And so if, if the events of the dark Knight were really able to accomplish what him and Gordon had set out to accomplish and to rid Gotham of the crime, I mean, I mean, even uh, Blake says it himself, he says, you know, we're, basically we're only good for uh uh what did he say like handing out parking tickets or something like that yeah, something yeah. really like mundane minuscule stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know and that essentially just kind of alluding to um oh and the congressman the congressman says you know oh well the mayor's going to get rid of gordon you know because you know he's oh he's it's a war time. hero yeah he's yeah. like yeah exactly we're in peacetime now you know, and so uh, uh, Gotham is experiencing this incredible, you know, an unprecedented time of peace 
uh, and lack of crime in their city. And so what, what use is, you know, Batman if there really isn't any crime to fight. So, um, but, um, and I guess that, that would be, uh, my only rebuttal is that there just isn't, you know, enough crime to warrant the use of Batman. I mean, cause if he's right. out there and, you know, he's telling people, you know, Hey, avoid parking tickets or pay your, Oh, that's what, <laughs> that's what Blake said. He said book fees, late book fees. That's what he said. Um, and also, do you think that if he's out saving people, then people will start thinking, hold on a minute, this was the guy that was supposed to have killed loads of people and killed Harvey Dent, and now he's still out just... And people know that it's Batman saving people, these people just miraculously being saved yeah. by... You know what I mean? Like, Do you not think that would counter why he sacrificed? He was supposed to look like the bad guy. If he then continues then to be the good guy or counter everything that, he, that he's supposed to look like, the bad guy, that's the whole point. Yeah. All right, Mikey, go ahead, man. Go ahead. And a good point. A good point. No, no, no. I just the the fact that he didn't just give up being Batman. He also gave up being Bruce Wayne. He stays in you know yeah. one side of Wayne Manor, and Wayne Enterprises is falling apart. They're not funding like the boys' homes anymore, and like help save the city that way. Like, do you not care about this city anymore? Like, if what was he gonna do when he gave up being Batman? With Rachel, just be like, okay, never mind. And, you know, my company, my parents' company that he fought to save in Batman Begins, so fought to get back his parents' company, now it can all just fall apart because of this. Like, it's just not, I don't think it's consistent with the Bruce Wayne slash Batman character that we got, that he would just give up on yeah. everything. Yeah, you know, no, even the guy that was falling asleep in the in the meetings in the dark night. <laughs> that was the no, that was the Playboy persona. That was well, the Playboy okay. persona. Yeah, I'd say that. But uh, no, I mean it's a it's I think it's a fair criticism. Um, uh, to me, I I guess it, it just more makes sense within the 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 story that's being told. Um, but you know, because like you think about the Batman and the Bruce Wayne and, and BVS, where uh, you know that I think that Batman is, and and that Bruce Wayne is criticized a lot just because of the deep dark place that bruce has gone to you know that he's he's almost unrecognizable as batman or bruce wayne you know for just kind of how far he's fallen but um if, if we were to look at the character in the sense of a real world situation in that bruce has gone through very traumatic events now not just losing his parents but now losing his best friend and his one love um, you know, that he had planned a future with, at least in his own mind, even if Rachel had not planned that same future. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he feels responsible for Harvey as well, remember? He he even says that I, I um, let that murdering psychopath send him half to hell, and then, and then he ends up dying, do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. he feels responsible for what happened to Harvey also. It's almost, I mean, it almost kind of plays into, like, you don't want to meet your heroes because now we're seeing the very real human side of Batman and Bruce Wayne and that this is a man that is really really struggling so i think that plays also on the, on the the key word of the entire movie which is to rise and that this is this kind of rut or this hole that he's in uh, figuratively and literally he will have to climb out of but um i just say to quote the better movie really fast you know no matter what happens batman has no limits he should be able to take it all endure yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's that's fair. The, it's a fair, it's a fair criticism. It's a fair criticism. <laughs> Anyways, next point, next point. I've been on next point. Formal's itching. Formal's itching for the next point. Yeah, a for, formal. Let's. So I, uh, I know this is something that's bothered you. I think about the entire Dark Knight trilogy, and this is something that uh, Ryan and I kind of talked about uh, when we reviewed the Dark Knight, and uh, we're here to give you your your voice and your <laughs> chance formal to talk about one of the things that I think bothers you the most, which is 
in your mind, the lack of detective work done by Batman and Bruce Wayne. So let's hear it. Let's hear it. So the one thing, like I kind of mentioned already, um, before I realized that I was answering the wrong question, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> the biggest thing about Batman is detective. So if you like look up at like, honestly look up what Batman is known for, whatever his characters, what are his skills and training, like you can look at one in the comics, but also like this is things that are known for him. He relies on, and this has been kind of cited as like actual definition of Batman is he's for his own scientific knowledge, detective skills, and athletic prowess. So we get in not only like it depends on which iteration, but we get bits and pieces of that dependent on like the live action, I guess, rendition of him. Um, and in my opinion, when it comes to actual like the detective concept, the Batman like uh, you were kind of talking to about uh, Andre, I would say in Batman vs Superman was one of the better detective work because you look at how he goes to that Russian like fight club or whatever, clones his phone to find the worship Portuguese, then he has to go infiltrate Luther's house to get the data, to, then he uses his own technique. To decrypt it and that was kind of finding out like what the white portuguese is so he can use that thing against superman there honestly in my opinion there's not really anything about that that is about an overall goal like even in the dark knight looking back at that movie like i still say that one of the coolest things in that is the somewhat pseudo scientific fingerprint uh scene where they're like trying to find out the fingerprint and then we analyze uh, where the address is but then it ends up being completely bogus because the Joker puts a timer there with the window open and the telescope. The Joker knew that. So that detective work really didn't do anything. It didn't help him find out who the Joker is really at all. It just got him to this point so that the, he could be the witness to um, uh, the uh, attempt to kill the mayor, right? So my like my main point like when it, and so much so in the Dark Knight Rises, because like some detective work is honestly explained to him, and it's not a really again really any Batman detective work. Like Bane is all explained to him via Alfred. Alfred's a detective. He should have. <laughs> yeah, he basically just like gets all his information from that about Bane. He doesn't really listen to it, obviously, because it's Alfred telling him, but, and he's obviously very, I guess, passionate about getting his stuff done. But then the other thing, when it comes to get, like, trying to track down Selena for his mother's necklace, he had a tracker already placed inside the uh, necklace. So, prior to her robbing him. So, what's, there's not really much of a detective work because it's basically just like a find your phone app. For Apple or whatever. That's all it is. He just has to go onto his computer, say, find my necklace. Boom. Oh, there it is. Let me now, like, find out who this person is. Okay. This yeah, but the address, is, here. the address is registered to someone else, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not detective work. It's just, like, put, it's just putting this together. But, again, that doesn't solve anything. It's just him going and it's not the overall mission of the, uh, what do you call it? The overall concept of the film, the story. 
that stealing of the necklace is just kind of getting him introduced to Catwoman, which then gets him to uh, Bane in a way, which I'll get to later. But his detective work in all of the entire like Nolan trilogies is almost uh, gets him in trouble more than anything. Which the world's greatest detective, yeah, he can flub up here and there, but he's not going to do that. Like it's not going to happen over and over again, and then that world's greatest detective concept isn't going to like if that's not going to solve him what he's trying to solve or fix then or the crime or whatever then he's, it's not going to i guess it doesn't matter because he's sucking at it he's like it's not helping him he's just doing it for the story it's not being done in in a in a way of i guess just it's just doing it just for the <laughs> hell of it he's not he's not he's not doing it uh, to figure out like who Bane is or who Joker is or to stop the Joker in, in all honesty. Like he just does it to find the location, but that doesn't do anything. Like it's not like he stops the Joker at the end of Dark Knight from his work. That's what, in that sense, he, the most he does is fires off those things off his arm, but, and that kind of captures him, but that's not his detective work. That's just him using his technology. So, like, and again, this is something that, like, I've had a problem with for all the live-action versions of Batman. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, so that, that that's actually a good segue into the kind of the main rebuttal that I wanted to say. And maybe it's not necessarily, like, um, like a, a, a great rebuttal, but, but... Um, I, I don't know when the last time any of you guys have watched the previous Batman movies before the Dark Knight trilogy. So like the Michael Keaton one, um, you know, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, uh, go back and watch those movies and tell me how much detective work is done in those movies. There is a thousand times more detective work done in the Dark Knight trilogy than in any of those previous movies. There's probably zero, zero detective work in the original Batman movie uh, with uh, with Jack Nicholson as Joker. Um, he figures out the chemicals, the chemical mixture that is killing people. <laughs> yeah, I know, but 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 even even that, I mean, he 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 essentially stumbles on that when he's trying to find Joker. Anyway, I mean, he and he basically creates Joker. I mean, it's well, the detective work is very minimal and formal. I will give you that. I mean, I, and I think that's why with the new the Batman, um, you know, slated to come out next year from uh, with. Um, Matt Reeves, that Matt Reeves has said that this is going to be a, a noir type, um, you know, Batman film. It's going to be unlike anything that we've seen before, at least in within the live action movies. And that this is going to be a, a much, uh, uh, I guess, more dedicated to the detective side of Batman. And so I guess if your criticism isn't necessarily toward the Dark Knight Rises, but more just the broader spectrum of the live action Batman movies, I guess that's that's fair. Um I guess that's that is a fair criticism. I mean, listeners, <laughs> we're all Batman fans, and don't get the formal review wrong. He is a big Batman fan. I think a lot of your uh, appreciation and love for Batman maybe lies outside of the live action movies, more toward the comics and the animated movies. Um, yeah. Formal, why don't you tell the listeners what your favorite Batman movie is, so they can kind of get some context of where you're coming from. Well, so my favorite mo- movie, and this is, I think, a very, dis- very different distinction, 
is uh, a, mo- a Batman movie to me is a char- is a movie that has Batman in it. Like what defines Batman? And to me, that is Mask of the Phantasm. I think that to me is the best Batman movie. In comparison to a lot of the other ones, they're movies with Batman in it. And it's not a Batman movie. And I think it's a very distinct difference. Because you can have, like Rai mentioned, different iterations of the character. And that's fine. And you can have bits and pieces that are Batman, bits and pieces that aren't. But when you actually look at something that is 100% Batman, Mask of the Phantasm has that. I'm not trying to like say that from a movie perspective that, like for example, The Dark Knight is great. I love that movie. And I do love the Nolan movies. I think Mikey hates The Dark Knight Rises more than I do. He does. Um, but I, ha- I do recognize that The Dark Knight Rises is the weakest of the three, but I do see some positive aspects to it. But when it comes to the film that is the truest Batman character iteration and the fullest of what it represent, a bat- what Batman represents, it is Mask of the Phantasm. But again, from a movie-making perspective, Dark Knight is definitely a superior made movie. It's just not a bat a better Batman movie. Okay, Ryan, let's hear let's hear your rebuttal on the the detective aspects of The Dark Knight Rises. So I think what everything uh, foremost has said there is like it's fair enough because it's it's a personal kind of checkbox for him of what makes or what makes Batman like so I believe there is detective work and Andre made a very good point of you look at those other previous films it's very clear how that there is detective work compared to those previous films. He does do stuff whether the the result is different or it's not the best and not what you want. That I find it fair enough. My only kind of thing that I'd like to kind of say really is it's is it's kind of I look at films very very differently and how I see comic book movies it isn't about what it is that they do. It's essentially why they, they do it. Um so that's why we like Superman. A lot of people get angry with Superman because mostly people know Superman as being kind of of what he does the saving the cat out of the tree being all very happy and and stuff like that where with like the man of steel it's about why he is superman why he becomes superman and like and that's similar with the known things it's there's lots of different things that yeah that he that i feel that he ticks off like batman hides in the shadows and does a lot of stuff like that in batman begins he does detective work he has great technology etc and i think he tries to cover off as much as possible to really get that whole broad scope of Batman but I think his main focus in is really is what drives Batman to be Batman and my kind of rebuttal is a little bit like your equivalent is kind of saying I don't like the Spider-Man films because there isn't enough web swing in it but really like for me I didn't like the new homecoming Spider-Man films because there is no there is no Uncle Ben and his his whole with great power comes great responsibility theme in those films it's really more focus about what Spider-Man does more than why he does it and your argument there is a little bit I don't like the, I'm not they don't hold him in such high regard because he's not doing what I want him to do as much where really the why behind he does everything I think is Batman down to a T he does everything why Batman would want like that drives Batman to be bat- Batman so for me that's how I see it and I think there's a lot of people that want to see certain aspects and that's fine like that's why a lot of people don't like the the Snyder Superman because he doesn't do what Superman does other than just maybe fly and stuff like that but the the core characteristics of what Superman is but I believe that Zack Snyder gets the Man of Steel right because of what drives Superman to be Superman and I think Nolan gets Batman right because he gets what drives Batman to be to be Batman 
like and that that's for me so in a stand there maybe it doesn't have the aspects as much as you would like for it to feel like a batman film to you but i feel he gets the characteristics right on what drives batman to, to be batman and that's enough for me okay now hold on formal hold on i know you're 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 jumping at the bit right now um but i guess ryan and to play the devil's advocate you would agree though that there the the detective nature of Batman maybe isn't fully represented within the Dark Knight trilogy. You're just saying it doesn't doesn't necessarily hinder. Or for me, for you. me, I think for me, I think it is. If we are really basing it on that, for me, I think it is. You you say he he just uses technology, but he doesn't. He, he implements that sonar technology himself. He even says that he does it. He implements it into all of his phones and then uses the voice recognition to find where the Joker's hold. He tells the cops because the cops who Gordon is a detective couldn't find himself. He tells them where they all are and uses that sonar technology that he's put in to work out the villains uh, from the doctors and to find out where Joker is and plan his whole plan around that. Okay. Like, so wait, well, that's, that's from the work. dark Knight. What about the dark Knight rises in the dark Knight rises? I believe that the, from the simplification of him doing like the pearls and stuff like that, he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't, he, he finds that it's actually some of a Russian terrorist that's registered under that address. And then he then, and then he's able to then work out who actually then Selena Kyle is like he doesn't it's not just a fine phone because she actually diverts him off somewhere else and then he's able to then use different methods to be able to actually work out from that like for me it's not yeah it's not a detective film but it it does cover off the, the detective part of batman and moves on to the other aspects if you want a detective from beginning to end that's that's fine that's a different film and we might get that what's naming but to say that you don't see batman be a detective like and show his abilities of how clever he is to be detective i don't feel is completely accurate because he he does do that and i think watering it down to say that he's just done a find my phone he doesn't because when he does just do a find my phone it shows a completely different person that lives there and then he's and i don't know about you but if i did that and someone rolled my phone and it come out and that actually wasn't the person rolled my phone i'd be pretty stuck so you're able then to find <laughs> then actually it's Selena Kyle and she's done this X, Y, Z and she's not actually even after the pearls. She's after my fingerprints to work out not only who's, where the pearls have gone, who's stolen the pearls, but that she didn't actually even want the pearls. She's actually after his fingerprints and now leads him on to finding out why he needs the fingerprints. For me, that's detective work. That, that, I, that doesn't get more detective work. Whether it's as genius, as, as smart as maybe you'd like it, that's a different conversation. But... That is detective work. And okay, the Mikey, film can't just keep doing that. Mikey, let's. Do you want to add yeah. anything to this, and then the formal? I'll give you the last word. My biggest detective problem with the Dark Knight Rises is I'm doing air quotes, listeners. Is Detective John Blake and his deduction of uh, okay, Batman's okay. So identity, that, that's a different. That's a different part. That's a different yeah, part. Okay, so form, formal. Go ahead. Problem. Go ahead and have the last word on on your criticism. So to your Spider Man point. I don't think of this as a, I guess, it's not a web-swinging attribute. Like, if you legitimately look up who Batman is, like, the quality, the point of who Batman is, is the world's greatest detective. Like, that is who he is. It is a quality-defining trait. Like, that is specifically Batman. That's not just a... Uh, you don't think the Spider-Man's trait is, he's called Webhead. His like, like he's literally the web sling. Like his his enemies call him Webhead. He's a spider. You but don't by, think that that his trait? No, but but the only thing that like essentially defines who Batman is and how he goes down this path is the death of his parents. So arguably, based on that, and comparing it to the Uncle Ben point, 
the only thing that a Batman film, and again, similar to Mikey, using quotes, is, that needs to be a Batman film, as long as you have the death of his parents, and you have him in a Batman costume, it's Batman. And that's not the fact here. It is a point of who Batman is. He is the world's greatest detective. That is one of the key points and key qualities that makes Batman. It's not about uh, what he does in the movie. It's This is something he has to be extremely intelligent about. And it's not something that's just like, I guess, it's not about just somebody telling, oh, I think that, oh, uh, she was wearing somebody else's fingerprints or anything like that. It's so many times like where he's just told or we're just told that he knows these things, but we're not, I guess, demonstrated how he, um, how he got it. He's just like, oh, she's wearing somebody's fingerprints. How the hell did he find that out? Like, there's no indication of how he got that. And again, that doesn't lead to anything of, of solving. He just figures out, oh, where the, essentially where the necklace is, but so what? Again, he could have, the tracker is on the necklace, so he can still go to find the necklace, even if he doesn't know where that, whose address that is, even if it is this random Russian guy, I don't remember offhand, but he can still go there. The necklace is going to be there because the tracker's in it. Yeah, but so, he finds, but he finds out that it that the the, the necklace is not even the problem. Like he, right, that's he, not even he the is problem. able to deduce Selena Kyle's identity from who she was posing as the maid but um okay not not to beat a dead horse but i mean for, formal formal because... i i i would i would agree i mean with with one of the monikers of of batman being the world's greatest detective um i i would say bruce uh is not on top of his game in this movie because he does get he does he does kind of get hoodwinked a couple times uh, within the Dark Knight Rises, I mean, he he is not sharp. He is not on top of his game. He is getting duped, and he does not see what is actually happening right in front of him in his own city. So, um, but okay. So let's. This is this is a good a good seg- segue into Mike's uh, next criticism. But this is a criticism that I have as well because um within within the first like twenty minutes of the movie, and the movie is like two hours and forty minutes long. Um we get the first character within the Dark Knight Rises trilogy to deduce who Batman is by his own, his own accord. Okay. By his own, you know, detective work. Now that, that is detective Blake, (laughs) um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, which, Mm -hmm. which when it happens, when it happens, it does seem very convenient and just, just and it kind of comes out of nowhere and the story that he tells on how he was able to to discover batman's identity basically from the same type of shared trauma that they have and you know saying you know i'm i'm able to see people that wear you know kind of that disguise on the outside to to hide the trauma within well that's a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people do that. Okay, many humans go through trauma, and we kind of hide that trauma within. All right, but my and I'm just gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say my rebuttal right now, and then if you guys want to kind of add on to this, now, knowing at the end of the film, and for anyone who hasn't seen the film, I hope you've seen it because why the heck are you listening to this podcast right now? But when you discover that this is Robin, this is Robin. I mean. 
this is this is the boy yeah. wonder. This is Batman's sidekick. The fact that Robin was able to find out makes more sense within that context. That this is this is almost Batman's equal. I mean, this is you know his partner in crime or his his partner in crime fighting. Um, that makes more sense that he was able to do something like that. But I do agree. It, it seemed way too convenient for Detective Blake to just just come out and say, "I know who you are. We need you." And and I. <sighs> I, I wish there would have been a different backstory as to how he was able to define that out. Just the fact that they have kind of a similar shared trauma that they're both both orphans, like it, it, it that I, I did not enjoy that that part of how he was able to find out. I don't mind that he was able to find out, but how he was able to find out definitely seemed mm, just too convenient. So, Mikey Formal, do you guys have anything else to say on that? And Brian, if that's a criticism of yours as well, please do share. But Mikey, why don't you go first? Oh yes, yeah, oh yes, this. sir. Um, I'm glad you brought up Robin, Andre. <laughs> his legal name. His legal name. Is <laughs> his legal name right? Um, so there is a time in the comic books where the third Robin, Tim Drake, figured out who Batman and Robin were back when it was uh, Bat- or Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, because he saw Dick Grayson in the circus, saw him do a triple backflip. And then he also witnessed Batman and Robin and Robin did the same triple backflip and he remembered that and he was able to deduce that who Robin was, who Batman was. That That's deducing something. That's saying like, oh, I recognize this from that. Not There's nothing to be like, oh man, that guy looks sad and I'm sad. He must be Batman. <laughs> he, he's, he's hiding something. I hide my pain. He must be Batman. Like that's like he's like oh yeah that like and I get it like the kids saying like oh yeah like Batman drives around in a big fancy car some a billionaire would have to um be able to afford that like because he says like oh the kids used to tell stories that you know Batman was Bruce Wayne but it was just stories but the fact that he believed it so much because of a look on his face that he would go you know obviously he's right because convenient storytelling. But he would go there and tell him that, oh, I'm going to get a arrest warrant for Harvey Dent's murder because I know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. I know it so much based on a look on someone's face that, oh, you're hiding something. And it's just so convenient. I mean, there could have been anything. He could have stumbled upon something, you know, actually do some, from the last point, some detective work, find something that leads him to Bruce Wayne somehow. But just to say that, like, Oh, I know, I know that look because it's the same look I taught myself. And you're Batman, damn it! <laughs> Ryan, what do you have so, to say, man? What so is dumb. this? Is this something that's ever bothered you? I think, yeah, no, it hasn't really bothered me. I think, in the grand scheme of things, I, like you point out, like I agree that it's kind of is a bit weak. I just think I try to look at it. Okay, well, what are the alternatives? I wouldn't. One, he has he's not being Batman, so he can't really catch him out unless he sneaks into there. Two, would you want him to kind of catch him? The, the, you know what I mean the hero like the, like the person who's supposed to be the best would you really want him to kind of Batman to slip up enough for him to have worked it out like like physically I don't know so yeah I find it maybe they could have found a better way I'm just trying to think of an alternative and I do think that like Andre makes a good point that um, about it being Robin so it builds a bit more of a connection that he kind of has that more of a connection with him and it's more of a the feeling that you get because sometimes like you get it like i thought ellen degeneres wasn't as good as everyone made out she is and now look at her like i have no evidence 
Dang. Shots fired. <laughs> Keeping it current. That's yeah. hilarious. And so, I don't know. That maybe like, funny. I think like he doesn't like, he doesn't kind of out and out him. He just kind of like, I think he just, he, when you have, sometimes we've all been in a situation where you, you get those feelings. When you meet someone, you've been through situations, you kind of have those feelings. And he, you, you like you said, there's only going to be a, a billionaire that's going to be able to afford to do the stuff that he does. His technology. So there is some level of evidence where I think we've all been in situations where, you know, you, you get that vibe. You get that vibe when you know someone's lying or you know someone's done something and you don't have any evidence. But you know it, you feel it. And like there's just, that's the only thing I go by. But yeah, I, I agree it. It is, it is weak. They probably could have come up with a better way of doing it, but his story and stuff like that's not really very pivotal to me. I wasn't massive bothered by his whole arc in the film anyway. Like, he didn't really spend too much time um, with Batman stuff. Like, I just think he just was there just to show, was just to act as that inspirational side of things that Batman should be inspiring people, and that was just all that was. Yeah. So I definitely agree with you. It's weak, but it doesn't bother me as much to be able to really slate the film. So one of I the think things it could have been uh, easier. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say this. So my wife watched the movie with me last night. She had never seen The Dark Knight Rises before, so this was her first time. So and before oh. before Robin or Detective Blake find you know confronts Bruce at on on being Batman, my wife. It, I think it was at the the party being hosted on the Wayne Manor that she was like. You know, because the, 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 um, the maids in the kitchen were talking, you know, kind of like gossiping, like, oh, no one has seen Bruce in eight years. And my, my wife was like, wait. <laughs> so Batman disappears eight years ago, and Bruce Wayne also goes underground or hiding eight years. How are people not. Well, Batman and Bruce disappear at the same time. How do people not realize, like, they're. Like that does that too yeah. convenient? So I mean, yes, like these these are criticisms that I I I think are very valid, very fair. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess it 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 for me, I guess it never bothered me too much because I know that it is Robin now. But but yes, I, I think it is a convenient plot point. Um, um, formal. This was one of your criticisms too, not necessarily specifically uh, the Robin, even though I'm sure you were referring to that. But you said there were too many convenient plot points. So, is there any other ones that you wanted to add other than this one? Oh God! How much time do we have? Uh, we we've got we've yeah. got about f- fifteen minutes, so we're good. We're, let's let's go about fifteen minutes. Okay, so one of the uh, I guess there's two kind of big ones that kind of go with like uh, I think the Talia or Miranda Tate uh, and Bane storyline because I think like there's just a lot of coincidences that kind of show up um, in the sense of okay, how does when Bane and Batman first meet in their underground lair, Bane knows his true identity. So my biggest thing is how, right? Okay, so he could have learned it from Talia al Ghul, who maybe learned it, obviously, from his dad, or her dad, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. So that's possible. But here's the thing. So Talia al Ghul and Bane were trained um, when Talia was maybe 12, right? Somewhere around there, give or take, because that's like when she like escaped from the the pit or whatever um so but bruce and talia are pretty around the same age right um same age so you can make the argument that bruce maybe made uh met Raish about i don't know the actual timeline but a little bit after college if anything because like after the what do you call it oh no it's during college actually now that i remember that he's about like 22 or 23 
Yeah, somewhere around there. And so he, but he kills um, Raish with the car accident, I think maybe within a year later, right? And somewhere in this time frame, Raish al Ghul told her who Batman was, then said, okay, you now need, in the future need to go make, go become a Wayne Enterprise board member for a device that does not exist yet, and then makes up a plan and then, um, as a backup plan, excuse me, in case the his plan for Batman Begins didn't work. On top of that, then you have, how does Bane find out about the applied sciences? But here's the thing. Again, Talia could have told him, but she didn't know it, what it was because it was off the books, per se. And maybe there was a hack or a leak of something or somebody else told him. But there's no indication of that. And I, I go, uh, going to what like Mikey said with the convenient plot point of Robin. And you kind of alluded to it, Andre, is that like, it's, he's like, the, what, the world's famous orphan or something like that they say in the script? But that, like you said, there's so many other orphans in the world. How do we know that some of the other cops weren't orphans? I just really think that's just such a really dumb reason for him to find out about that. That just seems really convenient. And yeah, it's Robin. But if you don't know who Robin is or care about that character, saying, oh, it's a really nice Robin name. Okay. I, if I didn't know who Robin was, I don't know what that, that significance of that scene means until maybe I look it up later. But... I don't know. Like I think, like it's there's, that's one of my biggest, another one of my biggest criticisms with this movie is just a bunch of really convenient so, things that just happen. So, and and Ryan, you can go ahead after me, but I just wanted to say this about um, about uh, Miranda Tate or Talia. Uh, I her backstory kind of it confused me until I watched the movie again last night, and that. From my understanding, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I, I never assumed that her her involvement with Wayne Enterprises went as far back as Batman Begins. I just assumed that within the context of Bruce and Batman disappearing eight years ago, Bruce is no longer really involved with with Wayne Enterprises, and so he doesn't really even know that they're losing massive amounts of money. And so how would he know if a new board member has come on within the span of these eight years that he's been gone? So that's that's how I understood it within that Miranda's taking advantage of Batman and Bruce Wayne disappearing and her infiltrating within these eight years that he, you know, he's not really involved. So he wouldn't even know that she's there. And so no, he knew about her, Andre, because they built that bomb, that, that, that energy resource, they built that together. And then when the doctor published a way to make it into a nuclear bomb, then Bruce pulled the plug and was like, we're just going to leave it alone. But they started that project together. He knew who she yeah. was. Okay. All right. Well, all right, Ryan, what do you have? <laughs> Except in no um, like. I think for me, like they are, they're definitely valid points. Um, I think that they are, I think my, my main overall gripe with the criticisms as, as a whole is more that I don't think the Dark Knight Rises should be a film that's nominated for any, uh, any awards, but I do think that in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's being held by its own standard that's been set by Christopher Nolan and if we're going into these levels of detail, then and then every comic book movie ever made really isn't that be- that great. And I think that it's being, I think that it's if you tear it to st- those standards, it's a very it's on the grand scheme of things of films. It's like that level of detail of saying like 
when did she infiltrate and then how how did Bane know like these are stuff that are glossed over in so many films that I see and because the Dark Knight is so perfect that now you're holding it to that same standards of wanting those level intricates because you get that in the Dark Knight but I'm telling you now I could give me a day I could give you a list of many films that are comic book films and not that hold in massive regards that have got bigger plot holes that are I could do that, that with the Dark Knight <laughs> <laughs> you may be upset with the Dark Knight, but what, but what I'm saying is that then that's then then you're never going to be happy with film because the Dark Knight is where it, it gets pretty close to perf- like perfection, like in the grand scheme of things. There, it's up there with some of the greatest films. It may not be as perfect as The Godfather, but you're you're talking minuscule things. What I'm saying is just these points are where I guess fine. They are they are valid points, so I'm not disregarding them. They're they're what you want to see the film in. It's just. This debate really is about, and a lot of comments have been said about the film maybe isn't great or isn't good, and I'm just, it's just, for me, that's the conversations that we used to have, which are brought down. I find it, it's sad because these, these, these are just my, these are like, these are like tweaks. These are stuff that that Nolan could like tweak and like, and that it's being dragged down when there's every comic book film leading up to it for me just isn't nowhere near of the detail of the Dark Knight Rises, and that's why it's a, it's sad that this conversation for me is like that. Because it's just how being held to its own its own standard that's been set. So I I agree with everything that you've said, but for me they're just they're they're, they're tweaks in my mind, and they're they're very nitpicky in that sense. Like when did Talia Al Ghul like come in? Like how does Ben like they're just like so many films gloss over. We could have millions of times of where these char- where do these characters come from? Where have they come from? Like it's, it can only be so long. All right, go ahead, Mikey. Go ahead. No, I, I just wanted to say like the the. In comparing it to The Dark Knight, I can understand not holding it to a certain candle, but like if if let's say The Dark Knight came out and then Christopher Nolan was like, I'm done with Batman, and someone else came to finish the trilogy. Okay, yeah, you can't hold it to the thing, to to, to the Dark Knight. You can't really compare the two. But it was the same team. It was this the same actor, director. That they had a trilogy, and he took four years. And I know because every time I bring it up, you guys are like, "Well, he made Inception in between." There was still four years between the productions of these movies that he could like to iron every detail out that he needed to. And this was like when the Dark Knight came out; like it changed. Huh? It's funny; I was about to sound like the Joker, but it changed things. Like people were taking took that movie, and I I can't think of a single person that I ever knew that didn't like it. And to have and I'm sure he had a plan to bring the Joker back, you know, because, you know, I'm sure he had to change that up. But to take like that movie and then take four years to come out with the the epic conclusion, the finale, the finale to the Dark Knight legend, you know, as it was advertised. And just there's so many things that are just like convenient plot points or like like I, another issue that I had really fast was just like expositional dumping dialogue like when they're talking about the clean slate like nothing felt natural about you know Daggett explaining why would he explain what the clean slate is to Selena someone who's trying to steal it because she knows what it is like that's just like it's just bad writing to me and like to take four years in between movies it's just it it's unfortunately it's just unacceptable to me like you're better than that dude you're better than that like, be but that's what you sound dis- you're just dis- you sound more disappointed mikey you sound more disappointed, so disappointed than it being dude. than it exactly so that's let me fine. here no no let me let me uh i'm, I'm and i'm just going to kind of reiterate what ryan was saying anyway yeah i i think i think all of us would probably agree that that christopher nolan is is an 
A-list director, that he is one of the greatest filmmakers working in Hollywood right now, that they're not, they're not many people that are able to, to make the kind of movies that, that Nolan makes. And so for that reason, that reason, his, his, the bar is set so high for what we expect out of Nolan movies. And, um, you know, because I, I know a lot of people were kind of disappointed in Dunkirk, where I love I love that movie, but it's just because I think our, our we have we have been given so much from his movies that our our expectations are through the roof. When we, I mean, think of Tenet. Everybody, I I don't think there's a movie that people are, are looking forward to more than Tenet. I mean, people are just chomping at the bit to to see Tenet. Why? Because it's Christopher Nolan, you know. But if it's if it's not as good as Inception, or if it's not as good as whatever movie that he's made. You know, people might be disappointed because, and this is what I will say, the the Dark Knight Rises is better than ninety percent of any Marvel movie ever made. I, I mean, easy, easily, there are not many Marvel movies that are better than the Dark Knight Rises. And and I know Ryan, you've said this before. If the Dark Knight Rises was the first in you know of the Nolan trilogy to come out, and that was kind of what was set as the precedent instead of Batman Begins. I think people would would have, yeah, still loved it. Absolutely loved it. And so, um, formal. I know you want to say uh, let, let's let's hear what you have to say, and then this is what we're going to go out on. Uh, since I kind of got to wrap things up, um, formal. You give your remarks, and then we're going to each say what we, I guess, maybe some of the things that we enjoy the most about the movie, um, and then and then we'll end. Okay, go ahead, formal. Okay. So quickly, I'll, I'll be fast. So. In regarding to like just like what Rye was saying, like when it comes to nitpicking, like yeah, I, I I admit that like some of the things I will say are nitpicky, but I do think like because we not to only like compare it to the Dark Knight, but like I think that because no one is who is like you guys have alluded, yeah, we expect something really good, and yeah, it may be one of his weakest films, if not his weakest. Pretty sure Mikey's definitely on the ladder of those two. Um, <laughs> but I think that, like, similar to what Mikey said, I think, like, when you have such a trilogy that is been so good and then that you come out with The Dark Knight Rises, I think it becomes just kind of comparable, honestly, to some of the average, and by average I mean somewhat still decent, um, because I, um, going into my final thoughts of the movie, is that I still like this movie from a movie perspective. In the sense of it's just, yeah, it's very well made. It's Nolan. Like, there are some really cool, like, action shots and stuff like that. But I think that, for me, like, looking at this film, like, I compare it, honestly, to the rest of the... the, the just his... If you're going to compare it to the rest of his Batman. Because I think you can compare that, uh, compare the films within that for Nolan, I guess, ability. Because, like, yeah, I don't think, like like you said, kind of you can't, like, always compare a film to like like inception versus this i mean obviously one is 100 percent better but i don't but i think like when you compare that they're two obviously very different things but no one's technique throughout the dark uh the batman's trilogy should be i think from the writing to the direction and everything should be like relatively the same but the dark knight rises isn't it is definitely lower. And I have to 100% disagree with that there are Marvel movies or MCU movies that aren't 
at, at this level. Yeah, there's some really cool, like, from a technical standpoint, like the IMAX stuff, some of the Marvel films don't have that. But I will say, and obviously some of the actors, um, depending on how you view the films, aren't as good as the people in this film. Yeah, those pieces, I will admit, are better here. But from just the overall story aspect, I mean, it, it's not the best. And that's why, like, those nitpicks come up because there's so many X other things that bother you start looking at those things a little bit more and they become giving more significance and like i said i can look at the dark knight and i can pinpoint problems with that like i can nitpick that movie but we don't we don't doubt your ability to do that formal (laughs) but i i my point my point in bringing that up is that the rest of the movie is so good that i can look kind of past that and still love the movie whereas this the problems are I guess more obvious of what this movie is so it makes this nitpicks I guess more significant into overall affecting the story but yeah so like going into it like I said already um, my quick just thoughts is I think that the acting is still pretty good like Michael Caine's like stuff is still top-notch some of the IMAX scenes I think are really cool like when the uh, the bat thing um, I think they just call it the bat right so like when that first shows it yeah when they first show that, like, that part is so cool to me. And so there are a lot of things about the film that I like, and I like it more than I dislike it, but I'm not going to, like, yeah, like I've said, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of all of it, as I have already gone into detail about. All right, since Formal's given us what he likes, Mikey, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us what you do like about the film? Well, we're going to end on a positive note, uh, guys. <laughs> okay, positive note, positive note. What you might I as well skip, like. Mikey. I know <laughs> it's hard. Um, okay, positive note. I like, I like um, Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Yeah, um, same. Good I, job. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think she's really good at it. Um, I like Michael Caine. I think he's great. Um, it seems like really hard so for hard you, Mikey. It so seems hard. really hard. Okay, for I do. You. I like the last. I like the last fight between Batman and Bane. The first one I don't like, but the last one I do like. Well, he, he gets so. his butt whooped. What's up? I said he gets his butt whooped in the first one. Yeah, and Bane punches the air, and Batman goes down. Watch it, I dare you. <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Good job, Mikey. <laughs> I know that was hard for you. you, Ryan. Ryan, end this on a positive note. <laughs> Okay, well for me, <laughs> for me, for me, there's there's many aspects I like about the film, and I feel very, I kind of feel sad about this conversation because I feel like it's it's very it's very story driven, um, and that's what's that's what's sad about it is that you got when you look at all aspects of a film, the cinematography is great. You've got a brilliant score from Hans Zimmer. You've got great actors portraying brilliant scenes a scene between michael kane and um bruce when kate michael kane leaves him when alfred leaves Ooh, that scene is probably like one of the mo- and, and when batman dies and he's crying at the thing and so he felt these are some of those motive scenes you get in the whole trilogy personally like that i feel like there's some things that are just really just being lost because the story possibly doesn't flow as well as you'd like but when you look at a film isn't there's more than just a story to a film like you 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 do get a good conclusion to the to the Batman character, like he does end up inspiring in the end. Is Andre frozen? No, no. 
Keep going. Oh, you're keep mesmerized. Going. Keep going. Oh, he's okay. Um, yeah, like you. That's so for me. That's it's sad because this has been very story driven, and yes, story is a, a massive part. And I agree with some of the the gripes that you have with the story, but but overall, the film, like the the cinematography, the intro scene with the plane, like that was done in a Marvel film. That would have been done all CGI and would have looked good. But you wouldn't like it. Would have looked like a computer game, like a lot of the CGI stuff did. I think Zack Snyder for me is the only person who really does CGI in a way that's that's actually entertaining to a massive, to a real strong extent. Like, like Christopher Nolan did that practical effects and it through IMAX photography. There's there's so much about that film that's like groundbreaking, and the talent in it is it it oozes out. And I find it very sad that this stuff from a lot of, of movie critics have ignored because the story just doesn't flow as well as you'd like and there's some aspects to the Batman character that might not be in there when there are a lot of aspects to the Batman character that are in there and that film as a filmmaking quality is still is still extremely high the Bane as a villain is someone that. that people Bane as a villain people dress up as him as Halloween he they've he revolutionized <laughs> a very cheesy character but people but people know like you you say a Bane quote I tell you now, like the only only character that event that Marvel think you could quote Thanos and people would probably know, probably know, but you could quote. I tell you now, I could go and quote a Bane line to anyone on the street, and they'd have they'd probably most likely go that that's Bane. That's that's the sign of a, a good character creation of someone that is extremely cheesy from the comic books as well. Like they've they created something very good like that, for, especially following the fact that they had to follow that from the Joker. There's. There's so many aspects to it that that I enjoy, and I feel it's a shame that those things have been that are getting discounted because of the story not flowing that way. But they are my they are my positives, and I think they they are really massive parts to to a film. So there are two things that I want to say about what I I noticed um, last night watching the movie that I didn't really notice before, and maybe these were glaringly obvious to to anyone else who who are fans of these movies, but. Um, I love the cyclical nature of the story of Batman throughout the entire trilogy and that where Batman begins, literally, um, for Bruce in, in the movie Batman Begins when he falls in the well and his dad comes down and saves him and says, you know, why do we fall? And he is he is <laughs> metaphorically and physically in the same type of situation again in The Dark Knight Rises. Um I forget the name of the prison, yeah, Bane's prison, essentially, where his dad is no longer there. And now it's up to him to get himself out of this hole or this well. I mean, in the way that it's even designed, it looks like a well, like the well that he fell in. I think I think being that detailed in the story and showing that Bruce is having to overcome these things again, he's having to face these same things again. But now he has the strength to do it himself. I think I think that is awesome. I noticed that. And then the last thing. I love, I love, love, love what each of the villains in each of the movies has brought and challenged Bruce because they are all different in in very unique ways in that. And Batman Begins, you have Scarecrow who is, he infects the mind and so he is challenging the mind of Bruce. Joker, he, he is challenging the heart and soul of Bruce and what Joker presents to to Batman and then you have Bane who is a physical imposing presence unlike any of the other people that he's ever you know had to deal with 
So now you are dealing with with the body of Batman. So you have mind, heart, soul, body. This is it encompasses everything that is about to, you know, take on Batman. And those are the things that I I think are are so well thought out and so well planned within the storytelling of the entire trilogy. Um, that I I just I don't know I I I really I really enjoy how much. Uh, how much detail was given within the context of the entire trilogy. And yes, there, there are a lot of kind of annoying issues within the dark Knight rises. I, I will give you that, but from a filmmaking perspective and the production level of the dark Knight rises, it is still a very good movie, very good movie, but um, all right, gentlemen, this has been a lot of fun, a lot of fun uh, listeners. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I'm going to let each of these gentlemen uh, tell you how the, uh, you guys can reach out to them or follow them online. Uh, Formal, why don't you go first and let the listeners know how they can reach out to you. So you can reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, it's at the Formal Review. You can check out, like I do movie reviews, um, monthly history reviews, and also some trailer reactions. Um, for pretty much, I try to do like five a week. So you can go check that. That's usually on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, not so much. But that's how you can get in touch with me. If you disagree or want to confront me about my views of this movie or the entire Batman live action movies in whole or yeah, anything, yeah, just let me know. I'm always willing to hear an, an opposing opinion. All right, Ryan. The wrong opinion. Ryan, go ahead. Uh, as always guys it's Ryan from lifeoffilms.com if you want to get in touch all my details and stuff on there and yeah enjoy and Mikey uh, yeah uh, Instagram and Twitter at Mikey Hidalgo M-I-K-E-Y H-I-D-A-L-G-O come all right. find me about this movie alright you guys heard him go go out and follow them oh and uh, Formal uh, you have a podcast so if you guys want to listen to his podcast as well oh, yeah. that's uh, the Formal Review just look it up on iTunes or Podbean and uh, I know you're on a bunch of other places as well but okay everyone thanks so much we hope you enjoyed today's episode and we'll catch you guys next time the Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley you can find the album Ozo Motley presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes The Backseat Directors Podcast is available to download on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and most other podcast platforms. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And comedy, there's sci-fi and westerns and classics, documentaries, uh, so many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me. Uh, so find your seat in the perfect row. Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone.